You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. diamond. Experience! Welcome to episode 106 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. Coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing my conversation with Dominic Ledkovsky, the man behind the mask of one of the most popular performing acts in baseball, Birdzerk. And Birdzerk was in town a couple of weeks ago for one of the Blue Wahoos games. And I had the opportunity to sit down with Dominic after the game to discuss how he came up with the Birdzerk character, how he got started on this crazy path of performing acts. He's been in the profession for 26 years. How he's felt working with the Blue Wahoos, because I believe this was his third time uh, performing for us. I want to say it's three. But the craziest thing, and I didn't even know this until we started setting up the interview, but he's actually one of the owners of the Skillville Group, which books other performing acts to go to other sporting events throughout the year. And those acts include, uh, obviously, Birdzerk, uh, Breakin' B-Boy McCoy, who you heard on the show a few weeks ago, uh, Russian Bar Trio, Superstars, and Bucket Ruckus. So it was really cool getting to talk with Dominic about how that was formed, and just his overall story was really, really cool. And what's crazy is we kind of got so into the conversation that we lost track of time, and when I hit stop on the Zoom recorder, an hour had passed. And it was kind of crazy because that, that saying is really true, that time flies by when you're having fun. So this was a really fun conversation. I, I thank Dominic very much again for taking the time. I know he had to be exhausted after the game was over. So thank you very much again, Dominic, for uh, taking the time to do that interview. And hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. But before we get to that, let me tell you about my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are a local rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they are very important to this podcast, and that's because they supply the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of each episode. And the song you heard today is Twin Peaks, which is off their album Murder Mystery Night, which you can now find for free on Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp and search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and you can also find their EP Atomics on iTunes and Spotify. And you can also follow them on social media. They're on Facebook and also on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is my interview with Birdzerk. Birdzerk, watch him work, Birdzerk. Sitting here at Blue Wahoo Stadium with my very special guest this week, his name is Dominic Ledkovsky, but you know him better as Birdzerk. Mr. Dominic, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm uh, actually a little bit tired after just finishing up a, a show today here in Pensacola and uh, honestly a little bit hungry. So we're, we're looking forward when, when we get out of here, out of the ballpark, we're going to go find us a great place and, and maybe here in a little while when we're finished, you can tell me a great place to go uh, to enjoy some local yummy seafood, maybe right by the water. That's something we don't get in Kentucky that often. I, I might be able to help you out with that. That's we'll, a deal. we'll we'll discuss that here. In a that's bit. a deal. We got all, I got all kinds of time though. We'll be good if you hear my stomach rumbling though. That's it, you, that's what that's what it is. No problem. <laughs> no problem. So, uh, kind of going off on the Pensacola thing, um, we just wrapped up uh, another homestand. Uh, Birdzerk was here. Uh, fantastic show. Thank as you. Always, Thank I you. always enjoy when Birdzerk comes in because you know you're going to get really funny stuff. It's going to be decent. It's going to be halfway <laughs> decent. It's, it's going to be at least above average, slightly, <laughs> slightly above mediocre. That's what I'm going for every time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's some. That's some good advice that I got a long time ago. Is just don't suck. <laughs> don't just. Don't. My dad always says that this doesn't suck. Yeah. Whatever you're doing in life, just make sure you're. You say this doesn't suck. So yeah, absolutely. So how was your time uh, in Pensacola today? Well, it, it's you know it's br- it's been brief because we flew into um, Fort Walton Destin. 
mm-hmm. because it was cheaper, considerably cheaper for some reason. So, so we do that and then drive the hour and it turned out to be an hour and a half because the traffic on nine, was it 98 we were on? I don't even know what road we were on, but we had some time and we had never been on that road. So it's, you know, we get, that's part of the advantage of doing what we do. We get to see the country. So it's like, instead of going on highway interstate 10, which we've done before and there's not a whole lot to see if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. we did the, we did the 98. And so traffic lights stopping us and and traffic going to the different beaches navari you've got navarre and you've got pensacola beach pensacola beach and the bridges and it's memorial day weekend it's kind of like the kickoff of the summer so a lot of traffic a lot of traffic and so it was a slow drive in and rolled into town and and grabbed a, a bite to eat uh before the game ran to the hotel changed and um and brushed our teeth and and uh cleaned up a little bit and came over and set up the show knocked out the show and now i get to do a cool podcast which i am excited about doing so so this is this is neat awesome so you you've been to pensacola before and to multiple wahoo games uh, how has your overall experience uh been here uh working with the blue wahoos well i can tell you it's an incredible stadium it really is it's not the biggest stadium but it's it's one of the best. I mean, it just the view, of course. You guys sit up here and look out, and you're looking at the water, and it's right the way it the way it is. And today we came in, as I said, from from over, you know, whatever that was. I'm, I'm kind of lost in my directions here, but we came across the bridge, and you can look way over here and see the lights. And we're and and my my partner, he said, "Look, there's the stadium over there." And and so for me that was the first time seeing it from that angle and, and and off in the distance and it's just really it's a neat setting it's a cool location it's beautiful it's clean it's perfectly sized it's not too big and it's not too little and and it was packed tonight i mean this was the this is my third time in and this is the most people that that i've ever seen in one of the shows that we've done here so it was great loved it and people made noise made noise and i'll tell you honestly I'm pretty excited because I got to talk and meet Bubba Watson today and his <laughs> father-in-law. And the dude, I was just talking to him like I'm sitting here talking to you like he's just any ordinary Joe. And he's Bubba Watson, freaking Bubba Watson. And he and he's asking me about Birdzerk, and he's telling me that he's been watching a Birdzerk video, and he wants to know how how do I get the players and the umpires to participate in my show. So I'm like, so this guy, Bubba Watson, has been watching – bird zerk videos at home somewhere that's awesome so that's pretty awesome so i mean you know i could go out leaving here and get hit by a bus and and i'm pretty still pretty it's been a pretty good day (laughs) well hopefully that doesn't happen (laughs) hopefully that doesn't happen but you never know so kind of going off on that and i know i'm kind of jumping around a little bit but that is something that i have been uh, curious to know like when you go to a different stadium like how do you get like players and umpires to be a part of your show because it's we were talking about it earlier, the skit when you throw the player's glove over the fence, which, as I was saying earlier, we've had mostly new staff here in <laughs> yeah. the press box, and they were just like, oh, my God, did he just throw his glove over the fence? Oh, yeah. Well, so, yes, we fool a lot of people. We fool players. We fool managers, coaches who have never seen it, fans, of course, that, that have never seen us. And, and that's my opening skit every time because right off the bat – I'm getting a ten. I mean, I'm catching people like, did the guy? Did he just throw the third base? Oh my gosh, that who is this? What is this mascot? Who is this bird zerk? What you know? They might not necessarily know, but boom, I've caught their attention, grabbed their attention from the get go with something outlandish and crazy, and from there, you know, I've got their attention, and we can do the show plays out from there. So, so yes, we do that skit, and I always have to um, get one of the visiting players to to go along with it, and so. I go into the clubhouse before the game, and and of course I, so many of the managers that I've known have been doing this 26 years. So Jamie Dismuke on Birmingham today, and Ryan Newman, another um, one of their man, their actual manager, they're, they've seen our show. They they know our work. They know what we do with Birdzerk with the superstars, and they know that it's quality, and we're not out there screwing the game up, and and that we're just helping to make the whole minor league baseball better. You know that's what we do, and so. Uh, not that every single coach and every single player loves what we do, but for the most part, 95% of them are cool with it. And they're, you, when, when you walk in the clubhouse wearing your Birdzerk golf shirt and they go, oh, Birdzerk's here tonight. Oh, Bird, you know, the players get 
excited about it. And, you know, and I'm looking up here behind you, a picture of Billy Hamilton and Donald Lutz and, you know, these guys that I've seen at different places along mm -hmm. the minor leagues and, you know, knowing that I've talked to them in the clubhouse and how they like the Birdzerk or Superstar show and things they say and getting them uh, and then asking them, say, hey, uh, tonight, uh, Trey, I can't remember call his name, the third baseman, he had a long last name. It was, it was kind of. I think it's Miho Chesky. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. That's worse than my last name. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Trey, I'll call him Trey. Trey, the third baseman, big tall guy. I walk in and he doesn't, he's not familiar with Birdzerk, so he's double A. Now, some places we go and the guys in double A might have said like, oh man, I've seen you 10 times and this guy tonight, you know, he, he, we just have never crossed paths with him. Mm -hmm. So he's not familiar with it. So Jamie Dismuke, one of their coaches who's seen our show 35 times probably, he's like, I ask him, hey, who's playing third tonight? And he says, oh, it's Trey, whatever his name is. And so he says, hey, Trey, come over here. And, and the guy walks over, he's like looking at me like I'm going to give him a drug test or like looking at me like, what are you doing in the, what are you doing in the locker room, this guy? And I, he says, hey, this is Dominic Birdzerk, he's doing a show tonight. And he's still kind of looking at me and not quite figuring out what's going on. And some of his teammates now, they know, you know, they know Bird, they recognize me, know Birdzerk. And like, oh, Birdzerk, oh, Trey, yeah, good. And he's like, what? What are you? And I'm like, hey, I'm doing a show tonight. Are you cool with helping out with the routine? Uh, I need, I need, I always do it with the visiting third baseman. I always say that. I say, I, I always do it with the visiting third baseman when technically I really don't because if the third baseman just says, I ain't doing it. Mm hmm. I'm not doing it. You know, I can't make him do it if he just says I'm not doing it. So at first he said, nah, I don't want to, I'm not, I can't dance. I'm like, look, you can be a horrible dancer. You can be a crappy, crappy dancer. And actually it's funnier if you are. I just need you to act it up a little, make it believable. And here's what, here's what the skit is. And oh, by the way, Trey, don't be too big for your britches because let me tell you who's done this routine over the last 26 years. And then I like to go Cal Ripken, Scott Rowland, Miguel Cabrera, Evan Longoria, wow. Euclid, D. Gordon, uh, Casey Blake, um, uh, Brandon Phillips, Chris Bryant a couple of years ago. You know, so, so I give them all that list. Freddie Freeman. And I say all those guys have done this routine with me, you know, and, and had fun with it at some point in time. And so at that point, you know, they, their eyes kind of light up or like, oh, that's a pretty good, pretty good list of, mm -hmm. of guys to, to participate. And um, and then then I'm like, come on, man, help help me out. And, and usually at that point, 95 percent of them are like, OK, yeah, what, yeah. yeah, I got you. And then their teammates are kind of on them every now and then you'll get a guy, Eric Chavez, Edwin Encarnacion, uh, guys who are just they're too cool for school or, you know, th th those guys were too cool for school. Like too, like they didn't even want to, they're like, nah, man. And they kind of just blow you off. Right. Like they don't even want to talk to you. They don't even want to talk to you. Know, your mascot. What? Nah, man, I'm playing a game here. Go, go away. And then you got, then every now and then you'll get a guy who just says, look, I, I, it's just not me. I mean, and they're cool, mm. cool about it. Right. And, but they just, they're like, yeah, can you ask, is there any way you can ask, you know, they're like, can you ask the shortstop or let me see if the shortstop, or can you get somebody else to do it? So, um, anyway, and, and the guy tonight at, at first was reluctant and then he's like, all right, I'll do it, you know? And then he ended up, I, mean, he, I think he did a great job. I can't really see, I have to go mm -hmm. by the reaction, but my, my, I, I come in and have to ask my, my, my uh, sidekick, how'd he do? And he's like, yeah, he did a good job. So, and then it, I think he turns out he made two or three errors. Yes, he did. Yeah. Like he really crap the bed in the field yeah <laughs> and and so uh but he did get one hit and um yeah so yeah, there you go so, th so that's how i kind of roped the players into it last year when we were here kyle uh, skipworth mm -hmm. right the, the guy we've seen for years he helped us out with a little routine so you usually the players are cool and you know they're unless they're having a bad day or they're in a slump or something uh, usually they'll be cool and they'll they'll go along with it, or they'll try to help or suggest another guy who'll do it. And then every now and then you come across a guy who's just like, like I said, just all right, whatever, man. Yeah, no, I I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, you said you've been doing this for twenty six years. Mm -hmm. How does someone get into being a performing act? How did you get into it? Okay, so in college, I, I, I actually it goes even further back. So in high school, when I was probably. Yeah, 14th, 8th grade, freshman year. 
of high school, my older sister dated a guy who was a mascot for the in Louisville for our minor league soccer team and our minor league CBA basketball team back in the day. And so, and I, he was my soccer coach as well. And, and so I hung around this guy quite a bit and played golf with him and stuff. And, and I would go to these games as uh, being a sports fan back in the, at the time. And, and I would go to the games with him and I'd help him out and, you know, just whatever he needed, just as, you know, whatever little, little, uh, helper. And so that's where I first got kind of introduced to the whole mascot world. And it was interesting to me. And around that same time, the Louisville Redbirds came, the Louisville got a triple A baseball team. And actually that probably happened before that. So, so that was in 82 Louisville got a triple A baseball team, which Louisville is a pretty big city not to have baseball. And we got a triple A baseball team and we started setting a minor league attendance records mm-hmm. and we played in a big stadium and, and, and it was big time. And, so I would go to those. I went to every single game out there, and I'm asking. I'm trying to get baseballs. I'm 12 years old. I'm trying to get baseballs from the players and 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 broken bats and chasing foul balls in the crowd and just out there every single game. And um, and Max Patkin, mm-hmm. who from the Bull Durham movie, uh, he was uh, the clown prince of baseball, or whatever. He he would come to town, and I was enthralled, just mesmerized by what he did, and thinking, how cool is that? The guy's here tonight, and tomorrow he'll be in Nashville, or, and or you know Indianapolis or Columbus, and he's he's barnstorming the the country, doing this funny stuff, and everybody's laughing at him, and and that's pretty cool. Uh, that'd be fun to do a job something like that. And then the Philly fanatic would, you know, he came to town and he was popular. And uh, Captain Dynamite blew himself up at second base. Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Again, these are these are a long time ago, and I don't know how many people these days know all those old time people. The San Diego Chicken was another one who mm-hmm. came into town, and and I used to go out there and just watch. And again, I just thought it was really really cool. That'd be something neat to do. So then fast forward it, my, my sister's boyfriend mascot. Um, and then I got in uh, high school. I became, I was my, our mascot in high school, did some mascoting for, for my high school and then a little bit in college as well. But when I was in college, the Louisville Redbirds, AAA team, uh, they, their mascot was Billy Bird. And the guy who had been doing it for several years and doing it pr- pretty well i mean he had gotten some notoriety and some publicity for some silly things that he had been doing he was just tired i guess ready to hang it up and so they put something in the paper hey if uh, the redbirds are looking for a new billy bird and anyone interested should contact so-and-so at the office so my dad said hey you know you should you should try to do that and i'm like yeah you know i will so did and went and interviewed and talked to him about some ideas and next thing you know they're like all right you're starting. You got the job. The, actually, they told me the guy. The the you were the second choice. The first choice couldn't end up doing all the games or had another conflict. So you're you're the you're gonna do it. And we got a game tomorrow night. And we need you to come in and grab the costume and take it to this costume lady and do this and do that and be ready to go. So there, that was my start, making thirty five dollars a game as Billy Bird in nineteen ninety April tenth or whatever it was and. And uh, that's where it all started. And but you probably had a blast doing it, though. Yeah, I had a blast doing it. And then they're like thirty-five dollars a game. I figured, okay, I'm working three hours, so I'm making over ten bucks an hour. And I was working at the homemade ice cream and pie kitchen at the time, making three dollars and thirty-five cents minimum wage at the time. Uh, so this was going to be uh, this going to be big, big money. Plus, I'm going to be out there signing autographs, making people laugh, doing something. And uh, man, I worked hard, and it was hot on AstroTurf. And I was loving it, loving, loving every minute of it. And you probably get in pretty good shape during the summer doing that. <laughs> Lose a lot of weight and stay, yeah, stay thin. And and I was play, I was a college soccer player at the time too. Okay. So I ran, I was running a lot. And but it it was a blast to do it. And um, and that's pretty much where it all started then for me. Something that like a little side story. Uh, my first year as a trainee here in 2014, part of what kind of we all had to do was be our mascot kazoo and uh just being in the suit like and doing it for like five minutes i'm like i have so much more appreciation for for what you guys do 
Well, that that's cool that you do say that, and and just like I was telling you before we started here, my appreciation for those guys, the guys up here that produce the video and the audio and the scoreboard and all that stuff. Like that's that's these guys up here that that, that work is like magic to me how the way they can do it all, and I'd love to be able to do that. So you know, I can't get my dag on phone to record <laughs> video and Snapchat, and it's, you know, I can't figure all that crap out. So I'm I'm. I'm really impressed with the things that other people do. And God gave me certain talents and I'm running with them and, 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 and it's working out for me. But I also know that it, I can't do a lot of things. <laughs> well, man, you, but what you do, you do very, very well. Like I said, we always enjoy when, when birds are, it comes out. And, and thank you for saying that because like I, I tell our staff this and I tell really anybody who works and I think it applies to minor league baseball in general and that kind of includes the traveling acts. We're all little cogs in a machine. So say with your act, it's not going to go right if we play the wrong song or if we play no. it too early or too late. Yeah. We don't throw up a video on time. Sure. It, it all is like a symbiotic type of thing. Yeah. And, it, you know, we, we've we had a lot of new staff this year, and they've really enjoyed the the traveling act. Just because it, it, it adds something it different. It adds. It's just that a little bit of oomph. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the redundancy of an eight-game homestand or whatever, you know, a ten, whatever you, you have got going, just to, just to sprinkle in an occasional something or other like that, um, you know, it's of course, it's for the fans. It, we're not here to to try to uh, impress your interns or your new employees and, the, you know, whoever. Right. You know, that's, that's cool if that happens. But we're, you know, we want, we want to give your fans, the season ticket holders or the ones who come, you know, there's not a lot of people that come every single night. Now you probably have some that come every single game Mm -hmm. who have nothing else. That's what they do. They come to every Mm -hmm. single game and that's cool if that's, that's their thing. And they probably enjoy, you know, they see promotions and your video board games or whatever you guys do. And Mm -hmm. and they let, you know, you probably mix them up here and there and, but Every single night, it's the same thing. So it's cool to have something new come in, just and and spice it up a little bit. And so that's what we do, and that's what the traveling acts do. And and um, it's all the on Bruce and Jonathan and whoever you know the 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 people here and Donna, whoever Adam who to to figure out what's the promotional schedule going to be. What are we going to do to mm-hmm. to spice it up here and there, and 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 treat the fans to this that and. And something that's good and quality because you could spice it up with something out there and people go, what the heck? And that's mm-hmm. horrible. <laughs> and is that supposed to be good or is that supposed to be funny? And there are there are acts like that that have come and gone. And, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, we, we, you know, we do our thing and, and it works and it continues to work. And and I'm thankful for it. And I still love doing it. I still enjoy doing it. And, and and people ask me a lot. They're like, "How long are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. I I love sitting here talking about this with you, and I love talking to Ray and meeting, you know, Bubba Watson today, and going and making the people laugh, and knowing that people left the game tonight and they had a great time, and you know, and it, and it all works. That's that. It's satisfying to know. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's kind of going back to the whole. It's a it's something different, and it's not just with the staff, but when. You threw the glove. I keep going back to that same sure. skit. When you threw the glove over the fence, you could hear the crowd go, "Oh!" I'm like, "This this is going to be a good night." Sure. Yeah. And it was loud. It was a good yeah. reaction. And they're hooked. You got them right then and there. And you you know, we eating out of the palm of your hand or whatever. And so when we come out, they're going to pay attention. Oh, here, there. Oh, look, there he is. There he is. There he is. Because mm-hmm. so many mascots, they're what they, you know unfortunately they don't you know they don't realize this and even the people who are in charge of the mascots don't realize this but you don't want your mascot out there so much that people get tired like they stop watching because it's hard to be on to perform to be entertaining to be um that doing something that people want to watch well, it's the whole less is more type of thing. less is more when because when it's like when kazoo comes out when Kazoo comes out, people pay attention. And it's like if you guys did a skit every half-inning break, then it, it would kind of lose its... Uh, lose its luster, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, then, you know... Do you all do that with Kazoo? Then you, you, you limit his... He's not out there nonstop all game long? Mm-hmm. He'll, well, no, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. Okay, no, right. No, we'll, I mean, he'll, he'll 
do some appearances. Like he'll go up to our uh, Hancock Bank Pavilion where we have, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of sponsors. Sure. He'll go meet them and then he'll come mingle with the crowd. And um, yeah. but he, he's, you know, sprinkled throughout. Yeah. Well, that's good that somebody's realized this or maybe, you know, someone's uh, uh, explained to whoever like, hey, just just because you're. Some you got a character doesn't mean your character should just be out invisible standing around like a human for three hours, right? Because when when he decides to try to do something that's entertaining and funny that people should watch, well, guess what? They stopped watching him two and a half hours ago. So you gotta, you know, again, that's just that's this is just our philosophy on entertainment, and I don't want to give away all of our secrets because we don't want to we don't want to make all of the mascots around America awesome because then they'll have less <laughs> need to hire what we do. Yeah, exactly. You know, not that I'm not knocking uh, Kazoo here. Right, and I'm right. just saying in general, you know, we do a show and we go out and we do our thing and when we're out there, we're going to be effective and we're going to be entertaining and we're not going to be out there a bunch, but it's going to be memorable and it's going to be enough and it's going to keep people wanting more and that's what, that's the formula that we do. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Kind of going on the, the character aspect that you were talking about, how did you come up with Birdzerk? Like, wh- how, how was the idea of Birdzerk created? Like, because I've always been kind of curious about, like, that. do you do the, you come up with your own character or is it given to you? Like, how, how exactly was Birdzerk formed? So Birdzerk came along, um, as I mentioned earlier, that, Billy Bird was the Louisville Redbirds mascot. So I was Billy Bird, 1990, 1991, 1992, and then 1993. So for four years, I was Billy Bird. And and then, you know, when this and that happened, and we can go into that if you want more as far as how the evolution of Billy Bird to Birdzerk or the transition, mm-hmm. I left the Redbirds. And because the the Redbirds, it was their costume. Billy Bird was their character. I didn't create it. I didn't own it. It was their costume. I was just the performer. And but while I was doing a good job at it, I think my bosses and and the owners and stuff they realized, hey, this guy, and people were telling me, was this guy's on the level. He can be the next San Diego Chicken. So that's when it, you know, uh, as being an entrepreneur. I started to realize, hey, you know, and I had some mentors and college professors helping me um, who said, yeah, do this. This this is this is a good this will be a good business for you to to do. And so I left the Redbirds. And when we left the Redbirds, that was their Billy Bird. We couldn't keep the name Billy Bird. We weren't going to, you know, so we had to become a free agent. But yet I'm in a costume that I'm familiar with. Okay, so. If you think about, it, I mean, you know, each costume's different. The mm-hmm. um, your kazoo costume's quite different than than Birdzerk, and the Philly Fanatic is quite different than the Phoenix Gorilla. You know, so so each costume's different. So the guy who is the Philly Fanatic could go and be a funny Phoenix Sun Gorilla, and probably vice versa. But if they were going to ever leave their their team and start something new. They would probably choose a costume that is that style. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So so here I am in a bird costume that I that I wear, that I look out my beak is where I see. And it's this is the funny thing, is back then the Red Bird's costume, Billy Bird, was made by the San Diego chicken or his mom. Mm-hmm. Cause because I guess his mom made his costumes. And the Red Birds asked him, Hey, would you make us a red bird? similar can you make us a costume that's gonna we want to be billy bird that you know doesn't it's not no but people aren't going to think it's the chicken but and so they did and this was before i started working for them so i'm work i'm billy bird in a costume that the san diego chicken and his mom made and then subsequently i ended up coming out and competing against him head on going right directly at him billy bird and company the new bird on the block trying to 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 get in you know get in on some of his business where in a costume that he had and his mom had made you know so i don't know that that that's just the way it kind of went about right and so then when i left the redbirds i had to uh start we had to come up with something new so we're like okay well we could be what do we you know and then we just brainstorm have meetings and brain uh, sessions and 
friends and family and what can we do what and then somehow birdzerk berserk birdzerk and yeah he's going going somebody's going berserk it kind of made sense and what's he going to look like so we all started drawing color court color matches and and what looks good and dreadlock then we throw the dreadlocks so we just kind of threw it together and this amazing costume lady in louisville you know she we said something like like billy bird but here's what we want and and bird zirk was born and and we started out and and um yeah and here we are still still doing it down 20 something years later i kind of had a feeling that with you working as a bird you naturally wanted to continue working as a type of bird because it was something that you know you were used to yes what kind of bird is birdzerk because like when i look at the costume i see like some type of tropical bird maybe like a a parrot but then i think it's not a parrot is it modeled after a particular type of bird you know it's not it's it's really the way that it looks is because it evolved from billy bird and Billy Bird evolved uh, was a, was a, uh, a slight changed costume from the chicken, and and so when we created Bird Zerk and and dreamt it up and put the colors to it and whatever, we didn't say it's going to be Bird Zerk is a blank bird. Mm-hmm. We just it was just a bird. That's it. And so then people said, you know. People kind of ask, well, who is Billy? Who is Birdzerk, and what what is he? And so we didn't, we didn't, you know, we don't know. So we just said he's a whirly bird. That's and that's what he is. Birdzerk is a whirly bird, is what he, you know, is what we say. With I mean, he's America's ballpark prankster, and that's it. I mean, there's 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 no more <laughs> there's no more grand story, no you know other funny backstory to it that's just that's it whirly bird i like that you like that bird zerk is a whirly bird. he's a whirly bird yeah he's like a whirly bird with more tricks up his feathers than houdini <laughs> he's america's ballpark prankster playing tricks on the players and umpires during the game and making people laugh and now how did you come up with the the prankster part of it of your act well the 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 skits have you know these skits that we've been doing and you know doing a lot of the same ones the dancing umpire routine that's that's pretty much the same routine our signature that was the big one that really got us you know made us successful was the dancing umpire routine and then the glove routine we added later but we start the show with that just because it's so uh uh you know it just catch, it catches it's an it's it's attention, attention grabber. grabber. Thank you, thank you. My struggling for words there. So we though we do those every show. We start off the show with those two because at that point we, we rarely do we screw those up where you're like, oh man, it's an uphill battle from here. Right there, after we do those, those two, you know, people are paying attention and they've clapped and they think, hey man, this guy's pretty good. This is pretty funny and. What's he going to do next? And and they watch, and then from there we mix in all of our other stuff that we do, and so um, the prankster part, you know, we, for so long it's just been Birdzerk, uh, you know, and we didn't really have a tagline. He didn't have them. So a few years ago, we we just came up with Birdzerk, America's ballpark prankster. Does it, it makes sense? Mm-hmm. And that's what I am. I'm a ballpark prankster. I don't do a bunch of basketball games. I don't do a bunch of hockey games with Bird Zerk. It's ballparks, and I'm playing pranks, and it makes it's easy. So when teams would put on the pocket schedule, hey, come out and see Bird Zerk. Well, to the average fan that doesn't already know about Bird Zerk, come see Bird Zerk. They're like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Come see an appearance by Bird Zerk, America's ballpark prankster. Oh, okay, this is going to be something funny. He must travel around the country and do funny stuff. So that's why we did that. That's the So you do strictly do baseball as far as Birdzirk goes? Mostly, yeah. Okay. I mean, there an occasional basketball game, an occasional hockey game, occasional something or other, but it's they're rare. They're rare. Birds are, we've done them. We've done hockey. Mm-hmm. We've done basketball. Teams call and, and want to hire us, and we've gone and we've done them. And of course, you know we do superstars too, mm-hmm. and we do superstars at basketball and hockey. And I'll put Bird Zerk baseball show up against the superstars baseball show, 
and I think the Bird Jerk show is better. Like just overall entertainment. Just a you know when the shows are over, I think the Bird Jerk show is a better show. Now teams book superstars a lot more, and they love superstars, and they book it more, and that's fine with me. I don't care because I I I own them both with my brother, mm-hmm. so I don't. I'm glad that people are hiring our shows. I think the Bird Jerk show personally is better, and I think there's a lot of teams out there that just for whatever reason haven't given Bird Jerk a try, and and I think that they do, they'd be like, wow, you know this this is a good show. Yeah, I've been doing it 26 years, and and it, and it works, and so. Um, Superstars works better for basketball and for hockey. For some reason in the baseball world, you know, like just saying, hey, he's Bird Zurich, he's a traveling mascot, he's performing tonight. It kind of makes sense in baseball. But when you go to a hockey game or if I go perform at Syracuse University or at Marquette University and, hey, fans, here he comes, let's welcome Bird Zurich. At Marquette, they'd be like, what? Who is who is he? What mascot yeah. is this? It just doesn't really make as much sense. So if you say, "Hey, it's America's prankster, Birdzerk," and then the, and, and and at a college basketball game, I can't do all of my routines. That's true because you can just do halftime. Superstars, we've got it where we can do a six-minute kick-ass halftime show that's got all of our tricks and choreography and acrobatics and silliness. We can put it all in there with three characters and and blow it out. And then do a timeout if they'll let us, where we can eat the visiting coach or the referee or the ball boy. Uh, but the Birdzerk, so Birdzerk just doesn't work as well for basketball and hockey because of the format of the sport. Because of the format of the sport, and also because, as I said, just trying to get across to the fans who is Birdzerk, what's he doing here? Right. It's just in baseball, it kind of for whatever reason it works. For, you know, we do we don't do every single minor league baseball team, like I said. Some I think are just missing the boat. They don't. A lot of teams, have, you know, haven't ever hired Birdzerk or won't or stopped hiring us. And, and but I like I said I I think it's a great show and I think the fans here tonight and the fans that see Birdzerk comment about how great it was and I, you know, we get asked back so many times with so many teams and and um, so it it's working. I'm still I'm still doing it. It's working. No, absolutely. It's definitely working cuz I'll get fans that'll be like, "Oh, when's, you know, B-Boy McCoy coming sure. back? When's Birdzert coming back?" Sure. Like all, all of them. Yeah. So it's it's a unique type of entertainment that I I've, mm-hmm. you know, gained a lot of respect for like well, through you. through my working here. Uh, mentioning uh Skillville, you said you and your brother yes. own Skillville? Like did you guys like form Skillville? Yes, we did. So we my brother was my original my my two brothers were my original sidekicks and then Okay. and then uh my older sister's boy a, a different boyfriend now. Okay. So so she had lots of boyfriends. Um so uh, well, I, I got to make sure she listens to this <laughs> podcast, right? So so she had another boyfriend who was another silly entertainer who ended up doing Blue, a Blues Brothers act with my awesome. younger brother. So they would do a Blues Brothers stuff. And then they would do the Blues Brothers as part of the Billy Bird show back in the day. And then my older brother, too, when who went to school at Vanderbilt, and he's a really smart guy. And, and he he would go uh, come out on the field and do some shenanigans with, with us, too. But my younger brother is the one who uh, who went into the business with, with me from the get-go. And... And then the Blues Brother friend of ours that dated my sister, he, the three of us started Billy Bird and Company, and we started traveling as Billy Bird and Company. And then we, the, the this Blues Brother guy, um, when we would go to travel, we'd travel all around the country, and he'd come to the game, he'd go to the game, and my brother and I would end up doing almost all of the work. He would do one dance routine as John Belushi, and that would be about it, mm-hmm. and then you know, so it was like, you know what, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. We're gonna we bought him out, and so my brother and I then went went on our own and, and started. That's kind of the Birdzerk when when we went into Birdzerk, and then after that, um, we then started Superstars with another guy in '98, mm-hmm. and um, and he had a lot of a couple other businesses going, and Superstars was doing great, but his other businesses were doing even bigger and better and it was his baby whereas superstars he he was with a partner with us and my brother and i were already entrenched and we were the 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 guys in the baseball world and this guy wasn't comfortable 
he was a I guess I should, he 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 wanted to be able to make call the shots on how we were going to do things and right. my brother and I were like now here's how we're going to do it and and so he's like all right just buy me out so we ended up buying him out and Superstars was we we got off to a roaring start and and that can I'll tell you how great his other business was because he he grew a, a cheer and cheer and dance company mm-hmm. the, that they would put on events all over the country doing cheer and dance things and and they just sold it recently for a lot of money so he did really well with that so then uh my brother and i own bird zerk we own superstars and then we got in contact uh we got contacted by myra noodleman mm-hmm. who uh, travels like around like we do putting on shows and myron contacted us and said hey um i'm not really all that happy with the guy who's currently booking my shows representing me would you guys want to be my agent and and we hadn't really thought about it. We hadn't, it wasn't our plan. We were content and cool with doing Bird Zerk and Superstars. And and we were like, you know what? We know everybody in baseball. People like dealing with us. And I like Myron Noodleman. I like his, sh- I like the guy. I like the show that he does. It's di- quite different. Pe- mm-hmm. it's, it's not anywhere near what we do with Bird Zerk and Superstars. It's totally different. So yeah, it makes sense. Let's do that. So we did. We, we started representing Myron Noodleman. And at that point we realized, okay, we might need to kind of form a little thing and that's where Skillville was born. So we started with Myron Noodleman and then B-Boy McCoy and then Russian Bar Trio and now Bucket Ruckus. And so we've grown and now we represent these acts mostly for baseball and, uh, but some for basketball as well. And what's great is you guys have such a variety of stuff. You've got the ballpark prankster, you've got a dancing bat boy You've got, you know, a girl who can jump up in the air and do on a five bar. or six flips and land perfectly on a bar. I, it scares me every time she does it's crazy. that. It's crazy. It is. It's such a cool group, and you know, you guys are so fun to work with. Good. Well, I'm, I mean, we take pride in that, and we have an office manager, Stephanie, mm-hmm. Stephanie Fish, who is a former mascot at the University of South Carolina, but really? she's really sharp. She's a detailed girl. She's she's on it she's you know she stays in touch with all the teams and gets all the contracts and the hotel information and this and that and boom bang and she lines it all up for us all because it's you know back in the day my brother and i used to do the shows and we used to handle all the office stuff and this was back in the day when it was just one show bird zerk well now we've grown you know we've got all these moving parts and all these people and all these costumes and going here and there and travel and i mean it's it's crazy but that's good because we've grown. And so she, she coordinates and anchors all that back in Louisville. And then the guy who did the show with me tonight, he handles all of our social media and our web stuff and a lot of, a lot of that stuff, the the stuff that, you know, you're, you're up, up your alley that, mm-hmm. that, that you, that you would be good at as well. Um, and then we have another full-time guy, Daniel, who's a full-time performer who normally does bird zerk with me, but this weekend he was off this weekend. Um, and so, and he's, he'll go and do bird zerk or superstar shows and he's going on, on the road all the time with us and everybody else other than that's part time. So, so we've grown our Skillville group up and, and, um, organize it all. Like I said, and, and Stephanie handles it all back. And she does a great job of it. She does a great job. So that's what you, that was my point, I guess, was answering your question about that. Everybody likes dealing with us. Well, we take, you know, we take pride in that because mm-hmm. if we could, there it's, there's two sides to it. We got, you got to be able to put on a good show. You gotta be able to put mm-hmm. on a, a really good show. I mean, you can't you can't suck. You gotta be you yeah. gotta be good. And and but if you're really good and people don't like dealing with you or you're a jerk or you're unorganized or unprofessional or whatever, then you're not you know, so we've we kinda get it, I guess. And and like I said, there's been a lot. We've named twenty five or thirty, we've listed them all the different acts that have come and gone in the years that we've been doing it. That don't, people who come out and then they just don't last. They don't. They can't. They don't. They they don't have what it takes, and it it's tough. And I just you know it's a credit to our group because we are a group that does it. You know, it's not just me. It's not just my brother. It's not just B Boy McCoy. It's it's all it's all of us, and we all feed off of each other and and work well together and help each bring each, you know build each other up and and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been it's been it's worked. It's working out. It's kind of going off of that. From my 
talking with people who are involved in any type of entertainment industry. That's kind of the theme is that, you know, you've got to be good, but you also have to be able to work with people because if you're a jerk, no one's going to want to work with you. The same thing with movies, with TV. It's so I'm sure within the the mascot slash entertainment traveling at community, word probably travels around pretty quickly. So yeah, it it, it does. And honestly, going back to it, you know, I don't want to give away all like all of our secrets and all for our philosophies, and you know, because you know, we we just I wouldn't necessarily want to do that. But there's a lot of. Um, I should want to be nice. A lot of team mascots that just aren't really that good. And, and, you know, the Philly fanat the Philly fanatic is the, you know, an exception. He's great. And the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And the Phoenix Suns gorilla. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of other ones, but, but for the minor league teams or college teams, they might just, you know, they just have, they got to figure out who's going to get in the costume and, does the guy really want a guy or gal? Or do they really want to do it, and and are they any good at it? Is their heart into it? Do, are they weirdos? Are they goofy? Are they dependable? Are they are they on drugs? Are they are they going to show up? Are they going to do anything that's going to make your organization look bad? Or you know all these things. There's, a lot of factors go into there's it. There's a lot of factors. Are they? And yeah, are they? Are they short, tall? skinny fat that now then somebody else is going to wear it the next night and then there's no consistency and so there's all kinds of issues that go into it that teams struggle with and when it's all said and done you know there's just not a bunch of quality quality mascots out there which helps us i think because if every team had the philly fanatic by the way the philly philly philadelphia phillies have hired superstars six or seven times so they have the best mascot wow the best mascot, yet they still see the value in bringing in the superstars. Um, to and, and and they after we're done, they're like, "Wow, this is the only time the Philly Fanatics ever been shown up, and we loved it." You know, that was their <laughs> there was their quote that we used a bunch to show teams. Even if you do have a great mascot, we we can come in and still help jazz it up, as we said earlier. You know, just spice it up. Right. You can have a great mascot, but what we're gonna do is different, and it's it's still going to be. It's gonna, it's gonna help. It's, know, it's like this saying I heard a long time ago: "Variety is the spice of life." Yes, there you go. A couple more questions. Sure. Um, what advice can you give to anyone who wants to be a mascot or any type of a performing act? Well, okay. Do they want to be? Do, do they aspire to be kazoo? Um, you know. Do the, so so you got some kid who once just says well, dreams like one day I want to be kazoo and and then he gets to whatever age 16 18 and and says and you guys hire and they hire him here and he, he does it and then he's like well it's really hard or it's really hot or it's I don't really like it as much as I thought I was or this is great but I don't get paid that much or I hate wearing this costume the day after stinky Jimmy had to wear it at the car dealership the day before and he didn't dry it out. And now, you know, there's all kinds of little things that they play into it. But I mean, I, I tell people, cause I get to speak to, to groups and students here and there and people say, come talk about what you do. And I just say, do whatever you're going to do. Do, you know, do, do what you love to do in life. You know, I love doing this stuff. I, I love doing it. We happen to be good at it, and and it's working out, and, and I love doing it, and we have fun doing it, and we work hard at it, and we want to get it right every time. We want every little thing to be right, and when things don't go exactly right, I I used to kind of go off and, you know, get mad about things, and now I, I guess I'm, like, uh, just kind of easing up a little, like, hey, you know, it's not the end of the world. Nobody probably notices, and instead of losing my cool and getting mad at somebody, just count to 10 and take a deep breath. And But for, for someone who wants to be a mascot, do it. Do it for your high school. Do it for your, your college. Do it. Try to do it at whatever team th that you can do it. And and another thing, don't, you know, and I learned this the hard way. Don't try to, don't, don't just come out and try to be 
like the Philly fanatic, like and doing his skits, his routines, the San Diego chickens routines. Don't just steal someone like be your own, come up with your own stuff, have your signature thing, do your funny stuff. It's hard to come up with, but like, just like comedians. Okay. So if there was a comedian who went on a stage and some young kid got up there and said, you might be a redneck if people are going to go, well, hang on, man. Somebody already does that. Yeah. Okay. Or here's your sign. You know, like, okay, somebody already does that. Don't steal someone else's material. Or people are going to call you out on it. They could probably do it, but everyone's going to call them out on it. And and I wish people called out mascots more on it. That's a whole other topic we can get into that irks me sometimes but anyway um people stealing you know skits, right, right straight up stealing no, skits i, I, I and could stuff. understand that yeah because this is what you do this is your livelihood and it's like anyway um so the, follow if you want to be a mascot just you know just do it get 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 the gig and put all your, you know put all your heart and soul into it do it do it the best you can and then Try to make it better, and and I mean it is what it is. It, it's one thing to be a mascot. It's another thing to be a really good mascot. It's another thing to be a traveling mascot, like what you know, traveling show kind of thing. I mean, it's not people. People see us and they think, man, I can do that. Oh, that's easy. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've, there's not many out there that do it, and there's. A lot of them that have tried that that failed in one way or another, and and so, you know, just do it, pursue, you know, do something that makes your heart happy and give it give it your all, and that's what I'd tell people. It's really good advice. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Nike says it. Just do it. I mean, honestly, this if you, I tell people like, I make a living, and we've made we built up a pretty successful business and a comfortable living we've done well with a goofy ass niche business you know like just hey what do you, you know people are like oh what do you do for a living you know i can say i'm a mascot or i can say oh you know we've got a sports entertainment production company that represents five acts internationally around the world and we do a lot of you know, we've done the NBA Finals and we've performed in Japan and whatever and and say it like that. And we we tonight I got to meet Bubba Watson. Yeah. And I'm really psyched about that because I love golf and I lo- and he was cool as hell. And it was really it was really neat. So uh, I keep saying that. But uh, no, it, this I mean, just follow follow your passion, whatever mm-hmm. it is you want to do, do it. And then and then figure out if, if you're entrepreneurial you don't have to be entrepreneurial to make a lot of money at something to be success, to to have satisfaction with it but just do do whatever makes you happy and and do it the best you can and if you want to be entrepreneurial and you want to try to make more money at it then figure out a way then you need to learn how to you know to to market it and and take chances and find somebody to invest in you or you invest in yourself and make it happen Funniest incident that's ever happened to you as Birdzerk? Oh my gosh! The funny—I'll tell you, really. This this is one of the funniest. This is Billy Bird, so this is even before. Okay. And and this relates here to Pensacola because of it involves Pat Kelly. Really? Yeah. So in 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 the early '90s, when I would be Billy Bird at at the Redbirds games. We we got a I had a trampoline like a dunk trampoline that the the, the basketball mascots use, mm-hmm. and I had one of those, so I would do some tramp dunk tramp uh, trampoline dunks when I would do basketball shows, and I figured I was trying to think how could we get that somehow established or use use that in some way at the baseball stadium, and so we played at the fairgrounds and my boss was cool as heck and he was always the crazy ideas and stuff and he's like yeah whatever you know so like okay we ended up cutting a hole in the center field wall and we had this these construction guys build a ramp on wheels that at the end of the seventh inning two guys would go out there they'd open up this door that little latch boom open roll it out real quick 
I'd go out to second base and they'd say, hey, hey fans, Billy Bird's heading out, heading up to the autograph booth. So everybody wave goodbye to Billy Bird and I'd wave by from second base and I'd run out, run up this little ramp, hit a trampoline and flip over the wall and land on a big platform uh, on a mattress mm-hmm. that people couldn't see. So I'd just go out, I'd hit the trampoline, I'd just flip over the wall and that was my goodbye. And so the last game of the season, after doing that the whole year, the last game of the season, the the staff played a trick on me and they covered the whole mattress with shaving cream. Yeah, so so I flip over the wall and back there when I land, <laughs> instead of hitting the mattress and just landing, I hit the mattress and it was slick and I kind of sl- slid and I hear all these people laughing and whatever and I kind of look up through my costume and I look down and there's all the news cameras down there and they, oh they videotape God. me landing in, in the shaving cream and everybody's laughing at me and I'm like, oh, that's cool, they got me. And so I'm covered in shaving cream on the last game of the season. Well, the the Redbirds were playing, gosh, who would it have been? Nashville or Indianapolis? Whoever Pat Kelly was managing. Really? Yeah, I don't even remember. And he was always cool, and he's cool mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, Pat I Kelly's a cool guy. He's, he's a cool awesome. dude. He's an awesome guy. And so I come, I hit that shaving cream. So then a couple outs later, I come on back on the field now to show all the fans because they didn't know what was going on or whatever, because they could, this is, you know, there was no video board this stuff. And, and so I'm covered in shaving cream. And it's like, so, so the three outs are made. And then I come down, come out the left field corner and I start walking down the line just to, and covered in shaving cream. So people can see me like, what the heck? And I'm walking down and Pat Kelly's in the third base coaching box. So, you know, he's over there and, and I just run, <laughs> I ran up to him and just jumped up into his arms. <laughs> covered in shaving cream and he grabs me and holds me and uh now he's got shaving cream all over him. it's the last game of the season you know the game when it, everybody swings at the first pitch and they try to get out of there in an yeah. hour and a half or something so it's laid back and so it, that's that's a funny pat the funny story that happened i mean gosh there's so many things that have happened over the years but that's a good tie in here with pensacola and pat uh, kelly that's that's fantastic. I can't yeah. wait to bring that up to like everyone who works here. They'll get a <laughs> kick out of that. And there's probably there's probably some photos. I'm sure there would be photos uh, somewhere back in the Redbirds archives that would be cool to dig up someday. I'll have to look those up. Yeah, and try to find those and find me me Pat Kelly holding Billy Bird with shaving cream all over us and and yeah, it was funny. That's Nin- fantastic. Ninety one or ninety two probably back then. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, last question: Do you have any uh, a website or social media you'd like to plug? Like, does Birdzerk have a website and Facebook and whatnot? Sure. Okay, we have birdzerk.com, B-I-R-D-Z-E-R-K dot com. Uh, we of course have a Facebook page too, and um, we do have a Birdzerk is on uh, Twitter. I should know. It's oh, it's at the Birdzerk, so it's at the Birdzerk now. As I told you, I'm not the best with all this social media stuff. And, you know, I, I, I pay a guy to, to try <laughs> to help me. And even, you know, I, I, we should do more. And, and, I, and I know we should. And, and I, should, I should learn how to do it, you know, get more involved with it. So, yeah, it's at the Bird Zerk on Twitter. I don't really know how to use Instagram, but I believe we have uh, some Instagram stuff. My daughters all use Snapchat. Um, I, that's, I that's a social media that I have not really got into with Snapchat. Well, my 13 and 12 year old daughters are all about it. And, um, yeah, so, so we do Birdzerk with Twitter and Facebook and the website and yeah, it's cool to, to get around and, and meet all these players and, and do what we do and make people laugh and make them smile and. I don't know how much longer we'll be doing it, but it's worked out, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. And and uh, hopefully, just keep keep on keeping on. Absolutely. Well, in closing, I did want to say, uh, you know, thank you very much for coming back to Pensacola on behalf of you know the entire organization. It was a lot of fun. We always enjoy having you guys out here, and thank you for staying late here and doing this fun interview. Yes, great. It's been it's been fun. Thanks, Derek, for having me. My thanks again to Dominic for that wonderful interview. Don't forget to follow Birdzerk on social media to find out where he'll be performing next. 
And also, don't forget, if you want to check out past episodes of this podcast, you can do so on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And while you're there, leave me a five-star review. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. I'm also on Twitter. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond. And the show page is at DDE underscore podcast. And that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.